What I love most about Mi Gente is our community and how important it is to take care of our own. Hey, it's Honey and Carolina. On our podcast, Life in Spanglish, we talk about how important being there for your loved ones is. Pero también sobre lo importante que es tener a alguien dispuesto a apoyarte cuando lo necesites, como lo hace State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. Life is full of surprises. Some good, some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals? Plus, they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs, especially when those unexpected turns come up. It's the personalized attention you can count on. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Remember us, because we barely do, uh, this is the Custard TV podcast. We have been gone mostly due to my ineptitude for quite a long time, but we're back not for the ordinary podcast, but more to celebrate the fact that Matt, myself and Gary have had been doing the podcast for 10 years. I think, is it this August or this September, Matt? You're better no, it's at... this. It's, uh, it was actually Friday just gone, the 27th, I believe. Um, yes. And actually, and... it was you and Denise who started. Wow. Okay. So it's not the end of the... I, I misunderstood i thought it was the anniversary of your first appearance when we did leaving and things oh no no that was that was no but it's the first official custard tv podcast canon wise thank um, you i'm so glad we got an archivologist on was the 27th of august 2011 um where you talked about the x factor oddly which is yeah uh, and, and i like the voice I don't mm-hmm. recognise. I liked the voice back then as well. I don't know. I don't Your recognize. voice? No, the voice. I think. Was oh, the, the voice. Well, that hadn't yeah. started then. That oh. was pretty. Sorry, sorry. sorry, new new phone. Who dis? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what the hell's going on? Yeah. No, it's been it's been uh, ten years since uh, I started the podcast with uh, site contributor Denise. Then uh, Gary was brought on because he did a podcast with his uncle at the time, which I I'd stumbled oh, across. It. Twitter was weird. I don't know how I found you. I don't know how I found the podcast. I don't know how I became aware of you. But I remember ne- thinking, oh, this is interesting because this is this English guy who is immersed completely in American television and we don't have that aspect of it on the podcast. I'll bring Gary in if he's up for it. We did a couple of pilots and separate ones you and i to see how we gel yeah, we, did, we, we didn't did really like... gel and then 10 years later you left yeah um <laughs> nice. i always preferred that anyway so you know yeah it's, i know it's, you did and you secret. made that clear in your resignation letter as well no that well, you know, and i, I apologize for the language again uh in that no, you know it was yeah, it was, it, it was pure and, emotion and writing, it, you know? writing it in blood probably wasn't a good idea at the time and I apologise for the brick, but, you know, what's done well, is done. Well, the police have sorted it now, so don't worry about it. And I'm sorry you had to leave London, but... 
Well, that wasn't anything to do with you. I wasn't. I thought it was at the time. I've carried that around for me for quite a long time. So don't, thank you. I'll, don't worry. I'll don't worry. That, that was that was purely a family and a financial decision. Don't worry. Okay. No, I thought I'd driven you out. Sorry. Just but yeah, I feel my... like you reminded me. Our first couple of podcasts were almost kind of like UK versus US television. Yes, they were. And did we do yeah. a comedy one as well? I think. Yes, we did, and I have no memory of that one. And sadly, it's not available anywhere. It's been lost. You did a top five comedies. Is yeah, that different? I think from... it's yeah, I think it's been lost oh, though. It? Yeah, it's like when the BBC used to have only one copy of something, and somebody taped over it or lost the. It's like the, the Patrick Trout and Doctor Who yeah. tapes. Yeah. But don't, don't worry, we're recasting you with, uh, who is it, Hugh Dennis and... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would probably be funnier, you know. Yeah. But, like um, they do on gold. No, because I, I was thinking uh, this week, actually, because people will know um, that I've not been on Twitter for most yeah. of the do, summer. Do you want to talk about that? Just briefly, I will, because yeah. I feel like I've either got to address it here or on Twitter, and it's easier with... I can use as many characters as I wish on here. Um, so I've not been on Twitter much over the summer. I've just really found it quite toxic and not good for me at the moment. And also, um, I'm just I'm just not... I'm not as excited by the upcoming slate of British stuff. It just, I, I lost a bit of my, my passion for it. I think being so close to it and knowing how everything's done has sort of taken away a lot of the charm for of it for me. I'm just not as engaged with I suppose that is something the, the last 10 years has really changed, is that mm. I, I, I would think that in, you know, probably when we started, I know the X, you know, because Matt mentioned that one of our first shows was The X Factor, which was hype central, but it, it's almost like every television now, programme now, gets a hype package Mm. Um, and, and gets a lot of talk on. I mean, I, I'm, you know, we're not going to. I don't know if we're going to talk about um, the drama on the BBC last night, vigil, but yeah. um, it, it, it seems as if Twitter was an absolute ablaze with it last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it, it's... People that might not even have seen it. Yeah. It's it's weird, really. It's I think this whole COVID thing and the lockdown thing is it's just it's it's shown me what people really think and their beliefs and things and I just feel like on Twitter at the moment I don't fit so I took myself away for my own sanity and stuff but I mean as far I think the biggest change for me in the last 10 years is that I'm sort of kind of unimpressed and bored and a bit a bit down on on the current British slate I think I think there's not an upcoming British comedy or drama that I'm looking forward to returning. There's not one in the synopsis on our brilliantly updated coming up soon page. Thank you, Matt. Uh, you're welcome. That I'm, thank you. Uh, that you're that I'm really excited about. And this is the major change. Is I'm, there's some American stuff that I'm really looking forward to. The the impeachment series with um with um about the Monica Lewinsky scandal, which is starting soon. The return of what we do in the shadows, the return of succession, the return of Barry, the return of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I just find, and there's a new thing. I do have Disney Plus, Gary. I can't remember. We spoke I do. about yeah, it. Yeah, I do. We yeah. Do. There's a new thing coming to stars tomorrow with Martin Short and Steve Martin, which looks wonderful about crime podcasts called Only Murders in the Building. 
and I'm really looking forward to that as well. It's a Hulu show with uh, Martin Short, Steve Martin and Selena Gomez. That somebody dies in their apartment block and they set up a crime podcast to uh, to sort out who it is, and that looks really like serial, like the original yeah, serial, but a, but a comedic take on it, obviously, because it's right. Steve Martin. He's written it. It's, I think it's his first TV thing, but the trailer looks like a bit of fluff and a bit of fun, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm just sort of more inspired. I don't know whether you saw The White Lotus at all, Gary. I don't know whether you watched No, that. That, that's kind of passed me by, I'm afraid, but I, okay. I've seen mixed reviews about it. Has it yeah, made the yeah. list, then? No, it, it's not made the, no, it's not made the list, and it's not on the hard drive, it has to be said. Okay. Well, that was my show of the summer, and you wouldn't have known that because I haven't been posting. I, I think summer. we need. I think we need to have a discussion about that on the on the first yes. podcast proper back because I've got a lot to say as well. Um, yeah, it, 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 I think it's a brilliant show, and I think its message at the end was really powerful as well. I um, didn't. I, I didn't get that at all. I. 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 I sent you that message on Twitter. Yeah. I, I was I wanted to address that properly with you, so we'll, perhaps we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, initially. Uh, yeah. Teaser there for the next podcast, folks. Oh yes, I'm already excited. Please. Without going into detail, um, what have you enjoyed over the summer? You don't. Well, need... I've I've not watched like loads, so I've watched yeah. Pose. I watched uh, The White Lotus. Okay. Watched um, Betty. Um, some of Never Have I Ever. Um, watched um, the I Am series. Yeah, see, I didn't get on with those. No, I, I, they, they all sort of end a bit ambiguously, don't they? Mm. Which is so. Mm. Apart from the Saran Jones one, actually, which was quite well done. Um, but would yeah. you have liked them to explain a little bit more about? Yes. What, yeah, I thought that mm. might be where you were on it. Yeah. Uh, um, and and currently catching up with uh, Lupin, so or Lupin. 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 Can we uh, talk briefly about Betty then? Because Betty is one of the. Because when the when COVID started, I was like, this is going to really affect television because people are either going to go, we're going to ignore it and continue on, or we're going to somehow make it part of our characters' lives. And and. I know a lot of US network stuff has like this is us and things I haven't seen. So Betty was the my first exposure of the pandemic on screen. I don't think it was really avoidable because they're on the streets in New York, mm. which has been hit terribly by the pandemic. How do you feel they pulled that off well? Yeah, I mean it wasn't implicitly about the pandemic, no, not at all. <clears throat> no. But they, you know, as you say, it's all on the streets and in enclosed areas so they had to address it i mean yeah. obviously some shows have made the decision not to do that but i i think it worked there you know they had little bits about not going into stores not wearing masks and yeah um, but that was the only thing really it wasn't like it was a massive thing other than the mask wearing really i think that was the only thing you would have noticed really it wasn't like characters were talking about the no. pandemic or how it had affected no. them it was literally just the fact they were wearing masks and they addressed that yeah i'm, and, I'm and... kind of surprised that no one has really done a done a drama on on, it's on the issues of the pandemic well that's that, that yeah and, and I, the only one i watched which even kind of touched on it was i watched the excellent your honor with brian cranston um that touched which started 
it did it, it, around about its sixth episode it, it started to talk about social distancing and oh. there was a re they then had a reason that there was only the two families in the courtroom even though it was a, a oh, court wow. case there was no okay. and, and actually they did work it into the plot where at one point brian cranston's character needed to get to a witness so he said oh well i think due to social distancing i think i'll do this one on my own and it played into the plot because he needed to get to this, you know, he needed to influence this witness. So he used it as a plot point. But then they didn't do mask wearing. They didn't do anything about, you know, they didn't yeah. go into it a lot. They just left it to that simple plot device. Um, the, so I, I think that was one, interesting. There's one coming on Channel 4 <clears throat> called Help with Jodie Comer and Stephen right. Graham. Um, I don't I don't actually know. I thought it was about a nursing home, but I it don't is. think it is. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. I've what seen is... they've they've trailered it, um, and it, I think Jodie Jodie Comer starts working at the nursing home, and um, and then it's like there's a bit where they say, "Why aren't you wearing a mask?" And then you've got S Stephen Graham at some point on a ventilator. Um, so no, it is all set it's... within within a care do home, you... and they're the care do home you... stuff. Life is full of surprises. Some good. Some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals plus they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs especially when those unexpected turns come up it's the personalized attention you can count on aprende más en es.statefarm.com como un buen vecino state farm está allí you ever heard the phrase the more things change the more things stay the same and while we love the excitement of new things it's also nice to have the reliability of something constant hey it's Wilmer Valderrama And when it comes to insurance, State Farm is a good neighbor you can count on. Solo llama a tu agente. Another way State Farm helps is by supporting the creators and storytellers of the Michael Tura Podcast Network family. Con la ayuda de State Farm, estamos ayudando y asegurándonos de que nuestras voces sean escuchadas. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. Do you keep expecting her to stick a pillow over his face and kill her as per Well, well uh, we Villanelle. haven't seen it yet. It, she she oh, may nice. well, but that might be the final scene. Well, I think yeah. it might be the first thing where she's actually using her Scouse accent as well, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah. Right. Yeah, good point. Well, does that appeal? I... Does this pandemic-related um, TV appeal to you, Gary? I don't know about appeal, but I'm surprised that no one has really done it. And obviously, I'm not a soap watcher. So I don't know how much any of yeah, the soaps... Yeah, I was going to mention the soaps. I was going to say, well, how much have they uh, uh, approached the pandemic in what they've well, done? I am still watching through gritted teeth, and because I'm fond of parents, I'm still watching uh, EastEnders, which is the worst <laughs> it's ever been in its lifetime. And they made a really strange decision. So they have decided... They had a long break where they couldn't film, so there's a lot of time when EastEnders wasn't on. 
And they but they must decided... have had quite a lot in the can, though, as well. No, they, they did. The BBC ran out. The BBC ran oh, out. Right. Oh, right. Oh, OK, long, sorry. Long gap where they couldn't... It was play. like last summer, wasn't it, where they were showing, yeah. like, classic episodes. Yeah. That's when they had some... Of, they showed some of the Talking Heads because they filmed that on the EastEnders set, didn't they? And they sort of... I, I remember that that was the first time I was back at Mum's over, like, the five weeks in, yeah. like, July, early August last year. But they made a strange decision. So in, in that world, in Albert Square world, um, the pandemic happened while they were off screen and they reference it continually. But they don't they don't do anything. They don't they don't appear to social distance. I'm sure they, they mentioned socially. Because I, I don't watch it sort of regularly, but I've caught the odd episode. I'm sure they, they mentioned they mention social they distancing. Do, they mention the it book. when it suits them. Yeah. But you've got a character like Sonia Jackson or Fowler, who who is a nurse, who at one point in the story was so overwhelmed with the pandemic, she flew to India to go and see her daughter, who's travelling the world. And then you've got another story where... Uh, but is it, that how we got the Delta variant? It may well be the Jackson <laughs> variant, as I like to call it. The Sonia variant. But, but, but um, the honest I, answer is, is, that, is that if they'd followed true guidelines the queen vic would have had to shut unless it could serve pork pies but the, the you problem know is, you remember, you remember problem, that you know the problem is that um because obviously we we know what the guidelines are it means that characters can't really interact so when something really emotional yeah. happens they can't hug there's no or, real... or they change to two extras who look a little bit like them look and similar, do a but it looks, yeah it looks really clunky um, so in a lot of ways, I wish they would just address it. But then, of course, you've got a world where families are families. So in that, they would be allowed to hug, but they still can't because they're actors. actors. But you, so you could have... It just I think feels they, really stunted, unfortunately. If, if, if they'd been on the ball, you could have had some great storylines. You know, families in lockdown, you know, and... You know, yeah. shouting each other across the street. You could have had yeah. you could have had people arrested for breaking social distancing rules. Uh, people, you know, I'm sure. My my question is though, would people want that? Do people want you? We always talk because you know my thing about realism, and and Matt's quite right that most people watch TV for escapism. Do, would people want, you know, Ian Beale? In trouble but for but then this is, is meant to be the real world, isn't it? It's meant yeah. to be. It's a heightened version of of everyday life, and I'm not sure if the ICV soaps are, are, are doing the same in terms of what they're doing with COVID, but they are meant to be reflections of everyday life in these, you know, these small communities, and yeah. obviously there is that element of I'm glad my life isn't like this. I think that's yeah. why you watch the show. Certainly EastEnders is seen as that sort yeah. of grim, gritty thing, isn't it? So you don't particularly watch that for escapism. You watch that for, mm. oh, I'm so glad I don't like yeah. live through this. But I think possibly you don't want to see your life reflected on screen, no. whatever it is you're going through. Although they do tend to do, like, when someone dies or when something happens in the news... They, yeah. they do still. I was just going to say, that, don't they? Yeah. they do um, their drop ins, don't they? So, what the are they call you know, they're kind of. The only downside, for, I can't believe we're giving this much attention to subs because we never do, but the only downside is something like Succession is coming back in October, and I have it on good authority from somebody in the know over at Succession HQ that that does not feature COVID and it will feel like a normal series of the show. But the only upside for those people is that they can they can bubble as a crew and a cast 
They can mm. bubble and they can do whatever they want. If you're going home every... If you're Danny Dyer going home every night and you're filming every day, you're not going to want to bubble because you'd never see your family. So they're in a real tricky situation. It's a weird yeah. one where they've got to film five episodes a week or four episodes well, a week. and they... they did that with Strictly last year, didn't they? That they bubbled... That the individual couples all bubbled mm. up and, and they... The, the professional dancers bubbled up for two or three weeks, didn't they? So they could do all their dances. And I'm not sure if they're doing a similar thing this year or... People all uh, got, some people got COVID, though, didn't they, through that? Only, only Katya. Well, she um, caught it. <laughs> but, uh, the oh, you, 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 you seem to like that joke a lot more than we did. Well, the name's um, a giveaway. But yeah, but her and uh, Nicola Adams had to drop out because Katya got COVID. Nicola didn't get COVID. Let's stop talking about COVID now. Yeah, I mean, we sort of stopped talking halfway through about your sort of displeasure about British TV. And I think think we were getting back round to the fact that, you know, when this first started and when you and Gary first did your podcast Mm. together, you were very much... The advocate oh, yeah. for British TV, but yeah. you were living in the states at the time, yeah. so you were sort of exposed to perhaps the the network um, yes. offerings on American TV. Which, to be and fair, I, I still don't really like. Yeah, and I think yeah. now um, you're back and you've watched a lot of the the cable things. You've caught up on a lot of stuff that you previously didn't watch and dis- and now outright like, I think dismissed. and I think over the last few years I think HBO has diversified the the sort of the things that they've they've put on um, and we've been very because yeah. go on and I said we've been very positive about a lot of the FX shows as well haven't yeah. we the, the, yeah. the BBC it's it's still very odd that they don't promote any of, of the FX well, shows. <laughs> the, I mean, that final series of Pose, which we can talk about another time, was a masterpiece, and the final two episodes were on after midnight. I mean, I know it's a Well, I think it's stuck, because I, I retweeted the continuity announcer said that, he, that, that they'd pre-watched those last two episodes, and they made the decision not to do the credit squeeze because of the emotional impact of it. And I think he said it started at quarter to 11 last night, so it would have finished just after midnight, perhaps, or just the close off. But yeah, it is all sort of squirrelled away, and unless you know about it, and I think that's sort of the... One of the things about us is we do try and highlight those those shows, don't we? Because people don't know they're there, and and they are worth worth seeking out and i think even even like if you buy like a, a, a you know radio times tv times whatever they try to now diversify uh and, and talk about streaming services and and highlighting shows which you might have missed but i still think there is too much of a case of if you happen to be watching bbc at the right time and maybe yeah. catch a promo yeah. or or, or you know, as you say if you happen to be up at that late at that late hour I mean, I think you know they—they they, the BBC recently did all of Bates Motel, um, yeah. but that received zero publicity, um, and, and that, that ended was ended up a, on after midnight in the end as well. Ex- exactly. Well, to be honest, probably the subject matter maybe meant that it had to be post watershed, but you know that I think I, personally, I think there were two things that going, going back slightly to soaps, but also to this point of highlighting, you know, maybe maybe programs we hadn't seen before, the pandemic. 
and the Olympics, and to some extent the, the European Football Championships, were a perfect opportunity. They could have shut the shot, shut the East Enders down, or at least put it back into right. We're going to let you make the shows, but not show them. And I know they made a lot of effort about trying to put them online and on the yeah. iPlayer. But they really could have used that time to build up a backlog of episodes that they then could be showing now. Yeah. And also, I think they could have put stuff on. We talked about it. I, I'm fairly sure we talked about it. Every time there was a major football tournament or Olympics, that people want something else. There are fans, people who don't like sport, that want something else. They don't just want the same thing. The BBC seemed to be wall-to-wall -wall sport. Now, yeah, even right. I was feeling a bit like, you know, Wimbledon, the Olympics, the football. It's like, where is that alternative? And there I don't think even ITV did that this year. I ended up watching it um, because my folks hadn't seen it. We did Man of East Town again, and uh, they right. really enjoyed it. And I and, loved that show. And I think your sort of your first run just before I I joined was up to the London 2012, wasn't it? And and yeah. you're yeah. trying yeah. to sort of find things to watch that weren't the Olympics. I wanted to touch on on um, Netflix mm. because they sort of rose up in the time we've been doing the podcast from this sort of thing where you could rent it. As like it was like another love film, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then well, it was, wasn't it? It was, it was an online blockbusters, for those who've got a certain age. <laughs> Block, blockbuster, blockbusters is the quiz. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It'll have a P, please. Um, yeah, I was going to say, but, yeah. But, the thing, but, but they, in, in the time we've been doing the podcast, they have sort of carved out a niche of becoming this, what they like to see as prestige all, all you know all for everybody we've got something for everybody we're, everything's there you don't need a you don't need a cable subscription or a tv subscription mm. netflix is the go-to place and i have to say um of late i think they've really shown themselves to be weak their output of late has been there hasn't been not only has there not been a drama that i haven't liked there's been a drama that that just things pop up on there and they're just not discussion worthy. People in the US don't review them. We don't get reviews here. It, it's just it's like quantity rather than way. quality, isn't it? Yeah. If you're anything like me, you're booked and busy. From family duties and work responsibilities to catching up on your favorite shows and podcasts. Yes, like wrestling with Freddie, with me, Freddie Prince Jr. With all the responsibilities we have, it's always nice to have someone in your corner. That's why State Farm is there for you with your auto and home insurance needs, helping you protect the things you love and helping you save money. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. State Farm, proud sponsor of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. We started our company, Girls Who Do Interiors, before we even graduated design school. And we turned to Chase for Business to build along with us. They had everything from banking to payment acceptance to credit cards all in one place. And with the Chase mobile app, our business is wherever we are. It's made for business owners who build to inspire. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Real customers compensated. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member of FDIC. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that there's been a, a lack of feature Netflix dramas or, or yeah. comedies that I flock to. I think, and it's it's interesting that you say, I think HBO 
are the, are the channel that, for me, has done one of the best because they mm. had The Sopranos, they had uh, The Wire, they had um, A Game of Thrones, but they've realised that they've only got a shelf life. I know they're making extra Game of Thrones, but I'm just ignoring that for a minute. Yeah. But they've gone ahead and they've invested money in lots of other dramas that have really hit home. And I think that's what Netflix haven't done. Netflix have tried to just stick with what works and haven't been adventurous in doing anything new. And but the I think idea... something... Go on, sorry. No, go... you go on, Matt. I was just going to say something like Euphoria, for example, feels very un-Netflixy, and I don't yeah. think... So... Uh, HBO, sorry, very un-HBO-y. And I don't yeah. think sort of five, ten years ago you would have got... As you say, Gary, it's all very gritty. And, I mean, Euphoria is gritty as well, but it's very yeah. sort of male-centric, you know, of a certain age, and now we're getting the sort of the teen dramas getting something like Succession, which has got more of a sense of humour about itself than a lot of these programmes had. Um, mm. You know, it, it, and you mentioned The White Lotus as well, which is something quite different. And mm. so we're getting quite a, a more of a diverse, and I think that's just the changing landscape of TV as a whole, perhaps, as well. You know, this more diverse landscape that we've seen over the past 10 years. But I think... As you say, in terms of Netflix, you know, it is very much a almost like a way of life. Now, we were talking about this this off air, me and Luke, were, where we were talking about how it is that sort of, you know, it does the thinking for you about what you're going to watch next, really. And, yeah. and um, the, the, this is what we recommend because you watch this and people will. Yeah when it comes to the weekend, let's watch a series rather than, you know, as you mentioned, the TV guides or trawling through the the the, the channels to try and find something. Now, you know, and obviously Netflix, we've expanded to Amazon and, and Apple TV and, and, and Disney Plus. Um, the, what they these... appear to have that no other network have is just like an inbuilt trust. Who's that Netflix? Up... Yeah, they just because yeah. they're the brand leader. Yeah, they're the, they're the, they're the, the first cleaners. Yeah, I mean they're the you know the the sort of in the vernacular, aren't they? Like you know what's on Netflix? Let's you yeah. know let's find a series like, on Netflix. You know I you don't say that on Apple TV. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's like it's for the phrase, isn't there? I mean I know it's slightly but yeah. Netflix and Phil, you know it's yeah, yeah, but like. I suppose it's the same between like Google and Bing, isn't it? Nobody bings anything. They Google something. It's like, yeah. you know, the, the, the big boy who was there first and, and that's what Netflix is really. And, it, and it's one of those things, isn't it? It's a, it's a thing that a lot of people do now. Let's find a series, as I say, let's find a series on Netflix. That's what people do. And that's, that's where I think, even though the quality, as you say, may have dipped, that is that is how a lot of people mm. are still watching it and yeah, still absolutely. trying to find something. And, and you know, there are there are, is still the odd gem. You know, we talked about Unorthodox last year, didn't we? Um, There's one a year because you really loved the Queen, the Queen's Gambit, which mm. I struggled with. That was the big hit, and obviously, you know, they have the Crown. Um, yeah, and, and Stranger Things. I think it's coming back next they've year. Never, they've never betted um, Russian Doll or Unbelievable for me. Mm. Um, I think but even those even... aren't necessarily what I would call mainline Netflix oh, no. shows. That no, they're not. Mentioned. They're not. I, they're I mean, not. I think they had their 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 big sort of showcase shows in the in the early days was House of Cards and Orange yeah. is the New Black, and and again, as how a lot of people found uh, Breaking Bad as well, isn't it? Yeah. Netflix. Yeah. 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 
Um, I, I, I think that's the difference. I think, I think as well, I think uh, Disney Plus has taken a, a second step forward. I think, obviously, you know, having Disney and Marvel brings a lot of young people to it. But then... Have you, have through, you, do you yes, tend to use that much, Gary? I, I'm, I'm going that? through Scrubs at the moment as a comedy because I haven't seen it in a while and I never got round to watching some of the later series. So if I need a comedy show, I'll throw on Disney Plus. And I will occasionally look through the canon of what's there and have a look and go, oh, that looks interesting, you know. And, you know, they're, they're doing a lot. I mean, I, I did love The Mandalorian, um, yeah. you know, as, as a television series. Um, uh, you know, there, so I think there is a benefit in having money in there. But also Star and it's, it is an interesting addition where they've added a lot of old dramas and comedies, but also the they're producing... there, Gary, you've got no excuse now. Well, exactly. Um, but equally, I would say, I think I think the one that's intriguing me the most is Apple TV. Um, and it's one that I don't currently have, but will be getting because they're doing a 10-part TV series on the Foundation series starting in September. Have you seen October. that trailer? It just looks absolutely oh. impenetrable. I can't follow what's going on there at all. No. And the good thing about the Foundation series for me, A, is the books are written as short stories that are then put together as a series. So the television show doesn't have to match the books. And I don't think people will be annoyed as they will be with other series. So hopefully they can go in lots of different directions without having to sort of like stick with the book snobs and say, well, you know, so like Game of Thrones, like, oh, they don't do that. Because the book itself is, it, it skips huge periods of time as part of its it, part of its storytelling so uh, yeah it looks immense and I, I do want to know how it goes but i've heard good things about the morning show um as well that's on apple tv so i think maybe they're going for the quality over quantity method yeah what well, they, they haven't saying, got a light they haven't got a library yeah they've only got their own stuff there you can't see yeah. any library content there it's just the apple stuff of all the Apple stuff I've seen, which isn't a great deal, I thought Little America was a bit of a gem, but okay. the rest of it hasn't really appealed. Matt, and I'm looking you... forward. Like when I sorry, when I get the subscription to watch Foundation, I'll then have a look at some of these other shows which I haven't done yet because there hasn't been a show that I've wanted to watch on it. Matt, do you feel like when when you joined the podcast because I wasn't in the UK at that stage, was there already this idea of of young people don't watch television i don't think so i i, I you know i i think i didn't look at it as sort of strongly as i did once you know i joined the podcast and started doing a lot more stuff for the site i i'm i think that sort of came about with the when they got the statistics with sort of like netflix and things like that i think i think the tide was already turning you know that there was some alternatives, I suppose, with like games and and, and things like that. Um, but you know, th there was there weren't as many different alternatives as there are now. And I think with every alternative to linear TV, has become you know all these children aren't watching TV anymore. They're not watching these programs, or you, you know. And I think it's the way that they've built up the the main channels have built up their online platforms over the last 10 years as well is, is something, but I, I don't know if that was as much of a talking point as it, as it has become. Mm, yeah. Cause I, I've got, you know, I've got a younger sister only by three years and a brother-in-law now. And 
obviously they know what I do, they know it's a hobby, they know it's a jobby, basically, what I do. And they're always asking me for recommendations, and I'm finding less and less that I'm recommending stuff on traditional TV, where I would have, like, even five, six years ago, I would have been going, oh, you should watch Mum, you should watch this, and they'd enjoy it. But I feel like there's less and less that compels me to say, you must watch Vigil, for example. Because I don't know whether you... Did you see it, Gary, or not, last night? I did, and uh, uh, my feelings are mixed, and I want to see more which I suppose is the, the grab of, you know, the sign of any good TV show is that you want to watch the next one. But I, I, I feel like the trailer's better than the first episode. Is that... Yeah, and... no, like, the trailer's kind of teasing me to lots of things which I didn't yet see in that episode. Yeah. I think my problem with visual is my problem with a lot of what the BBC have been trying to do. Their response to the success and rise of streaming services is to go bigger and bigger and bigger. And when they do that, they gain a lot of conversation from people online. But they end up, for me, losing character depth and storytelling because I've seen that first episode of Visual twice now. I watched it last night when it aired and I watched it on the previews. I couldn't tell you any of the characters' names. I I couldn't tell you any of the connections. I thought... Some of the flashbacky stuff was really obvious and silly. The fact that Sarandos... I knew you wouldn't like that. When I was watching that, I went, well, it, oh, I bet it, Luke it taking wasn't, this. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the flashbacks that annoyed me, because that's just something I've got to get over, because TV does that. It was the fact that it just felt like something we'd seen a million times before. I thought there was so little chemistry between Rose Leslie and Saran Jones in those flashback scenes. And I just thought, like, all the performances... And I, I can, I still, after all these years of doing this, have no idea whether I'm reacting to poor script or poor acting. But there was some wooden stuff going on uh, last night in that first episode of Vigil. And there is some great talent. I mean, it's lovely to see Sean Evans doing something different. But I just found him really wooden. I found Saran... I love Sean Evans. He was terrible. Yeah. I, I, I got more out of the submarine than Sean Evans. Yeah. But I yeah. hope that's what, I hope that will change because I get the impression he's going to agree with the Saran Jones character and, and yeah, therefore become, become a, a confidant. Yeah. 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 But I, I, I felt like the only character that really I got a real sense of was the XO because he was so obnoxious. Uh, yeah. That's the second, sorry, the second in command. Um, and 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 possibly and obviously Saran Jones. Yeah, but I just found her. I mean, I find her in general quite a, quite a cold actress, unless she's doing really warm stuff like in Scott and Bailey and in um, what was the la- the last thing I really enjoyed her in? It was something. It wasn't Doctor Foster. There was something else that she, I thought she was really good. There was at. something on ITV where she played like a detective in the Victorian age. Was it that? Oh no, gentleman Jack. No, I wasn't a fan of a that. A detective in the Victorian. Sorry. No. Wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't that the right no, idea of gentleman Jack? Was, no, she was like a, a landowner, female landowner. But yeah, I found did, her quite. A, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did Matt think of Vigil? He didn't Matt see didn't watch it. But it's interesting you didn't watch it, Matt. Why is it, it interesting? It, well, just because you would have, in an ordinary week, I would have asked you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but I thought you might watch it just because it's the first. I think that's quite telling. 
the first yeah. big BBC drama. So you weren't encouraged enough to watch it without me asking, I thought was interesting. No, I mean, I've sort of been going to the sort of beat of my own drum, you know, that, that sort of, since I've sort of not been reviewing things as much, obviously, because when we started, I was doing that quite regularly. Writing, yeah. You know, I, I, I now sort of rely on you a little bit more to tell me what's coming up and what's coming on. Yeah. I, obviously, I knew about Vigil, um, yeah. but not a great deal. And, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't something that, Really, you know, it's it's an action drama, so it's not something that really interested me to the point of, oh, I've got to catch up with that because, you know, as you said, we we're more into our um, more sort of human-based drama, to use a, a term of yours. I know it uh, feels an age ago, but did you ever finish Time? Yes, I really enjoyed that. You see, but I'm predisposed to enjoy that, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, there was bits that I wasn't massively into. I think the Stephen Graham stuff was more generic. I liked mm. all the Sean Bean stuff. I liked all the stuff with the um, the the prisoners sort of saying why they were there and confronting the parents and of their teaching victims. them to read and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, all that all that was really good. Um, but I uh, think. I, I... Watching, sorry to interrupt, but it's important. I was watching BBC News not long before we started recording. They actually are now using time as a way of recruiting prison guards to show oh, wow. that there is a different side to the, let's say the, you know, the porridge style of, you know, prison guards, you know, the, you know, angry old men. That actually they're using Stephen Graham's example of a kinder, more empathetic prison officer. Uh, as a way of recruitment, and it's working apparently. Sorry, it's just just the reminded. The way they should recruit them is to find out that they definitely haven't got a son or a daughter who's in prison, because that would be problematic as time well, showed us. But um, yeah, that is that is the sort of thing. Time that I would have watched in America and thought America can't do this. This is human. This is down to earth. This is dramatic. This is believable. It's prison's not a world I'm familiar with at all it's not a word i want to be familiar with but it can it, it brings you in jimmy mcgovern's script brings you in and that's the sort of thing that bbc can still do it's just that they i think mostly thanks to the rise of the streamers and just getting people's attention they have to do something bigger and louder and brasher and that big thing like vigil or the serpent or mcmafia or dracula Bodyguard. Bodyguard. None of those really appealed to me. Oh, yes, please. we got sucked. We got the we bodyguard got hate in this room. My goodness. Yeah. Well, not hate. Say, I, I, just, I didn't. I don't think I hated <laughs> Bodyguard. It was just pointless as it got. To, uh, by the end, I was like, I don't know what this is about. You're going to kill Keely Halls off halfway was, through. It was about a bodyguard. What if there was a bodyguard? What if there was, <laughs> Matt? What if there was? <laughs> And what if it didn't matter if the person he was guarding was there at all? But my my other thing about the other thing that Twitch has shown me is I am in. We've said this many times. I'm in a media bubble. I choose who I follow. I follow the people that I find yeah. interesting. Am I really going to be able to enjoy the next Jed Mercurio drama, whatever it is, because he's shown himself to be such a horrible person online? I wouldn't have known that in the time. I would body, say I would say close-minded. Close I think is yes. Yeah. Whoa, the, the... whoa! Hold, hold on, I've missed this. I I haven't seen this. What's happened? What? 
Well, he he anybody that disliked, particularly female journalists, anyone that disliked um, um, line of duty, b- line of duty, he disparaged with words that I won't say on the podcast. Really? Spent, oh, I missed this. Sorry. He spent all the time after the. I don't know whether I don't know whether there was a lot of line of duty backlash. I know, I know we didn't like it, but I, I think the there sense. was a sort of general disappointment, and I yeah. think we covered that, didn't we, with yeah. uh, both Gary and with Sarah as well on our but we, mostly around the reveal, wasn't it? I think yeah. it was mostly around the reveal of who the the last person was. You know, the third. But you know, H. He spent or all that time replying to each person, telling them that focus groups really liked it and that you're really close-minded and da-da-da-da-da, really attacking people. And I think, you know, I don't know whether I can enjoy... I mean, even Vigil last night was billed as from the from creators the makers of Line of... of... From the makers of yeah. Line of Duty is a way of grabbing you in. Am I really... I mean, most people won't know that the next show Jeb Mercurio does is from Jeb Mercurio, and most people won't care. But am I able going to be able to... Forget everything I know now and just watch it as a piece of drama without knowing more about the man behind the scenes. I, I think and it's I, that can you separate the art from the yeah. artist? And obviously, yeah. you know, there's more and more of that with a lot of these sort of scandals that come out and, and people making reports about other people. Like yeah. we had an old Clark recently. You know, can you separate yeah. someone from the comments that they've made? Um, and the and things they've said and the done, things they've yeah. said, the the way they react to criticism, perhaps, and and mm. you know, we you know, I don't think I follow as many writers as as you do on 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 Twitter, but some react with good grace and are like, yeah, you know, if you don't if you don't like it, you don't like it. Not everyone's going to like everything, you know. We disagree yeah. on quite a lot of things here, you know. I disagree um, about that. Matt. And, <laughs> and I suppose the point is they're being paid for their opinion. Those people, they're 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 they you know, and it's it, it difficult. Well, no, I think I think I, what I, Luke is saying is stop just, just critics, it's just every, everyone on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the difference, isn't it? You know, it, it, and that's where, as you say, Twitter becomes Twitter. Twitter can become one of two things. Twitter can become an echo chamber because you only follow people that agree with what you you say, and therefore it just becomes a place. Yeah, and, and and you know, and I, I I found that specifically to be true around politics. Uh, and so I changed my sort of Twitter way of doing it. I would only follow people who agreed with me, but then I found out that then that wasn't really a, as many people as I thought. Um, and, and <laughs> no, you've like, got very right-wing views. <laughs> well, no, but I think, I, I think that's the point, is that, you know, I, I got swept in with the, you know, I'm a Labour supporter, I got swept in with the, oh, Labour are going to win. And then, oh, no, hold on a minute, that's just because I follow certain people on Twitter that they yeah, say that. Who had that opinion? Whereas the same yeah. can be said on TV, you can only, you can pick and choose who you follow. Yeah. So if Grace Dent says something you don't like, you can unfollow her. What what obviously Jed has done is taken that to the next level, and I can't I won't comment anymore because I've not seen the comments, so I don't want to oh, I don't want to put bonkers. my foot in it. Absolutely, but, but all he's really done is what a lot of people do on Twitter is well I don't agree with that, and I'm going to say so because you can be braver on Twitter than you can than you ever would be in real life, and you say things that hopefully you would never say in real life because you feel you're hidden behind Twitter. But the th- I mean, it's it's got its good points, you know. I would have never met somebody like Chris Lang, who I admired, if it wasn't for Twitter. But I think if if you're if you're vocal and you're that way inclined, it's I really am. Whenever they announce the next um, the next Jed Mercurio show or the next series of Line of Duty, 
I'm gonna have to approach it very carefully. Mm. Um, because I, I feel like I know too much now. I think one of the things, and especially the last couple of series of Line of Duty as well, is I think obviously Jed's written something and then it's been, you know, they've produced it and everything. But I think the publicity machine, the BBC publicity mm. machine, almost moulds it to what they want. And I know, yeah. you know, you specifically and me to a lesser extent, Luke, have been very critical of the way that the BBC have gone, oh, who's H and, and this the, yeah. the big H thing that, that sort of... And, and Line of Duty, again, is one of the first shows that I remember you two praising. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think you had Deb, Deb on as well, didn't you, um, yeah. at the time as well? And, mm-hmm. and you know, that for the first few series, we were very much high on, and I think it's been one of these shows that's got popular and then someone at the, the the BBC sort of publicity department has gone, let's make a sort of a whodunit thriller out of this. And that's never really what Line of Duty was about. And I, I think the, the big argument at the end of the last series was people being disappointed because they've been led to believe that it was this big reveal because this is yeah. what the publicity machine had told them. Yeah. But yeah. then... Jed had come out and said, "No, actually, it's about you. We're never going to get rid of all of this corruption, which is what the series started as." And at to some be fair point, to him, he even distanced himself from the H thing, calling it the Fourth Man. But mm-hmm. as you say, the publicity machine was already working, and people had H fixated in their mm-hmm. minds anyway. By that, I, I, I suppose one one of the things that that again has changed over the last ten years, and it is that, is that. You've seen these shows that have gone from channel to channel, and it's mostly the BBC, but I don't think it's exclusively the BBC. Changing where, some, yeah, something <laughs> is well, no, but something has started on BBC Two or even BBC yeah. Four or even BBC Three, and has now made its way to to one of the more major channels. Yeah, and and I think it, it, it's led to sort of like almost like a dumbing down of Line of Duty is what yeah. I've read and what we sort of said was that it's no longer. The pay that no, no longer that that the show it started as because as you yeah. say the BBC hype machine has but got you, behind it. You could argue again that this is all Netflix's fault because the BBC are so desperate for that hit. They found a hit. They didn't expect it to be quite the hit and capture the public imagination in quite the way it did. And they don't have many huge hits, so they've got to grab onto it and chuck it in people's faces and create this mythology around it that maybe Jed himself didn't even want. Mm. And, I, and I think the other thing as well, which I think we mentioned, and I certainly mentioned it, I think, in my reviews, and, and there was a guy at work who was doing this, is now all the prior series are also available to you on, on the iPlayer. Mm. So that some people will be watching... Deck your home with blinds.com. DIY or let us install. Free design consultation. Plus free samples and free shipping. Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. 
shop blinds.com's green monday sale get up to 45% off plus doorbuster deals blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply selling your car to carvana is as easy as as easy as pie sure all you have to do is enter your license plate or vin as easy as a stroll in the park Okay, then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. Like one to five and then, you know, watching six straight away and actually the guy at work who had been doing that was less disappointed and less confused than we were because we were like, oh, who's this character from three series yeah. ago? Yeah. They yeah. just seen them like two days ago when they watched that. So actually they, there, there does seem to be now this appeal of watch all the other series because they're available now on our streaming mm. platform and ahead that, of mo- the six and series. And whose model is that? That's Netflix's mm. model. Yeah. So it just shows you in the last 10 years the biggest player in Britain has had to mould itself to become an American business model because it yeah. feels like its content isn't enough by itself at nine o'clock at night on a Sunday. And and to me, still, the biggest, and it's slightly to change tack, it, it, the biggest thing in television in the last 10 years was the fact that the Bake Off went to Channel 4, to me, to me because it was mainstream news because the BBC couldn't afford or wouldn't negotiate with the production mm. company to keep the Bake Off, which was at the time the biggest talked about show on television. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. And, and it had that rare appeal of your grandma could watch it, your mum could watch it. And your yeah, it's a, family, a family it. show that, that became, you know, it became family watching because it was so gentle and again as luke always says quintessentially british yes because yeah. it was yeah. just and it, it was, was just being nice sold, it was being sold around the world it was being shown in america it was being remade in america yeah and then and then something that very rarely happens and it if it does it happened in america where a show moves networks you know i i don't, I don't think i mean i can only think of men behaving badly as yeah. another example of a show that moved from one network to another in ITV the UK. to the BBC, uh, yeah. And really, that was because they lost their main star in Harry Enfield at the end of season one. So therefore, it, it felt like a different show almost when it moved to the BBC. And I can't I, I, think I th- of any Sorry. I, I think back in the day, if we're going back to sort of the 90s, it was more about personalities moving channels, wasn't it? And a, a phrase that like still is handshake. the old golden handcuffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it was, Forsyth, it was a lot of, yeah, Bruce Forsyth, that was sort of Anthony 70s, Day. wasn't it? But um, I'm thinking more of like a Des Lynham or a Michael Parkinson, oh, okay. um, you know, these big names that, Chris Evans, I think, uh, perhaps you know that the, yeah. you saw as a, the face of of a BBC show, and then you know they 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 came over. I suppose like when ITV got the rights to show the Premier Games from BBC, yeah. they had that Premiership show, didn't they? So that was more what it was like back in the day. It was more of the personalities, and let's find a new format for them rather than the the shows themselves which is now you know 
the, yeah. the the big thing. I suppose that's where we we've sort of transitioned from personalities being such a big thing to the shows themselves. I Brand, think that's like so brands, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's very few outside of maybe Anton Deck. There's very few mm. shows Graham that Norton, could last just on their name alone. Yeah, I'd say like a Graham Norton, maybe, or a yeah, Clarkson, maybe, yeah, perhaps. It, it, it's quite funny. Did either of you watch the Parkinson retrospective on Saturday night? No, no it was called Parkinson at fifty, and he did not look fifty. No, he yeah. was a lot older than that. But what it <laughs> no, reminded me, uh, and what it showed me, is that just a very simple format of two people sitting in a chair talking about talking. the film they're in, the book they're promoting, the the the, mu- the music they're relating was appointment television not only, I would say, 15, 20 years ago in this country. Mm. And now, outside of Graham Norton, who's stuck on Friday nights post-Watershed, and Jonathan Ross, who has very short runs on a Saturday night on ITV, we have Mm. nothing like that. And yet when you watch that programme, that got huge ratings at the and time. And it was strangely compelling, even if you, even if yeah. you're like, oh, I don't care about I mean, Melanie Griffith or Mel Gibson or Brad Pitt. They were able to get things out of people that you wouldn't expect. But I, I keep coming back, actually, that over the last 10 years, I, I think you're right, Bake Off was a massive thing, but I think Netflix is the thing because it, is cha- it changed. It has yeah. changed forever. People's expectations of shows like visual going back to that um they've decided not to box set that it's they they're, they're not putting all six it's, of them it's, though it's i noticed this on when i went on to iplayer last night it's because it's the big thing on the top of the screen it's new episodes yeah. weekly which is another yeah. streaming yeah. thing isn't it like you'd see yeah, on open amazon too, but it's but it's just changed that. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to wait a week, which we never would have thought of before. It just if a show's on Monday night at nine, you come back Monday night at nine, or you record it. You didn't think, oh, I want to watch it all. You know, it, and I it think, wasn't possible. Yeah. Whereas the BBC are sort of one foot in, one foot out on this. I know Channel Four have come forward and said all four is our our main focus now. And if you watch their trailers, it's always. On all four and Channel Four, and Channel you know, Four, almost it, secondary. Yeah, because they're the yeah. biggest, biggest free streaming service. I've heard this is what that. They're, they're, we've had a conversation about this, Luke. I, I think, think it, I think it might be Britain's um, biggest free streaming service. Yeah. I think. <laughs> but they start. They they again have uh, like, for example, uh, Deceit is is their big drama at the moment, which is is all available on there isn't it it's a sin i believe they did the same with earlier in the year yeah. but they they are very much we we have got you know we've got these big american shows that you may not have seen the first time around they're available to stream at the moment on on all four um and, and the the big promotion that we are the the different channel as well you know we are and i i think that's what you've always seen channel four as isn't it that they've been yes. Um, but they... I, w- I would say that ever since Jay Hunt left, I had a lot of time for Jay Hunt when we used to yeah. see her at Edinburgh and things. But ever since she's left, I think that the the powers that be at the top haven't really made their own mm. um, so, I mean, road. They're still oh, very reliant upon Jay Hunt's hits like first mm. dates and 24 hours in. I, and I think I think I think there's there's more of a push recently you know it's a sin they've had um 
you know, buying the grape, for example, which we really enjoyed, uh, giving uh, Rosie Jones her own series. I think that was quite brave. You know, that they, they have taken some risks, but you're right, a lot of the the thing, a lot of the, you know. A lot, the, a lot of the Channel 4 hits are still the Channel 4 hits from the Jay Hunt years. Yeah, and I suppose one of the, the going I, back I, I to Gary... Sorry, I was I, just going to say, going back... Go I was just saying, going back to your point, Gary, that obviously one of the biggest things that they've done recently is, is buy the rights to Taskmaster as well. Channel Four. Well, yeah, exactly. That, that you know that, that that's that's worked out well for them financially. The question I've got is, given all of this stuff about streaming, why is the ITV hub so bad? Yeah. Well, why, that, that... why is why is the second biggest, the most the most financially uh, the biggest money spinning television we've got in this country so yeah. bad at its online stuff? Be- because. And they, uh, they, I agree with you completely. They are really bad because they're now reliant upon BritBox. So, for example, Stephen, which is the new Stephen Lawrence drama, starting tonight and airing weekly on on ITV on a Monday, uh, that has go that's going straight to BritBox and ITV Hub, which is an awful service, like you say. But if you're a BritBox subscriber for five ninety nine a month, you can watch all of Stephen without the without the ads and without the pain in the neck of ITV Hub. So I think they're moving away more from um, from the ITV Hub mm. and going my, more on to BritBox. My, my counter to that would be, you know, it, you know, you mentioned at the start about a younger audience. Obviously, yeah. ITV have attracted that young audience through Love Island in the last few years. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they are going to be wanting to, you know, that audience aren't going to begin every night. So certainly not now, you know, the no. uh, the nightclubs and the, and, the, and the pubs have reopened. God, you're so in touch with the young, Matt. I know, I know. Um, but, you know, so for them, that that's not on BritBox, for example. They are going to have to rely on that ITV hub or maybe taping it on their device of choice. Um, I love taping it. Taping, you know, <laughs> recording. Yeah, yeah. But um, then again, that that a lot of Love Island's um, thing again though comes from people discussing it on social media. Mm. So they will be in because they want to be part of the conversation mm. online as well. I, and you can't I get went that on a stream. I I went on holiday and and through gritted teeth was Not forced to watch violence. an episode. Of Love Island, and, wow! And, and, I would have loved to have been a fly on that wall. In between, in between throwing up in the toilet at various points uh, because of how bad it was. No, I mean it was awful. I hated it. But what I found really interesting was it, it's got the ITV hype machine behind it. You know, they're they're doing yeah. everything they can. Their, their their advert breaks are 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 superbly placed at moments of tension. Yeah. Which I again I've said to you, I think something ITV have over the BBC. They can actually yeah. break a show up with adverts and they and if it's done really well, it can induce tension. Yeah. But it, the show is soulless and totally but as you say, it so appeals to young people because it's yeah. them, you know, their young people are on the show and it's yeah. it's about, you know, uh, getting together, which is, you know, the aim of what, you know, you know it's the scene is the aim of what young people are about, are coupling and, you know, getting strange, a girlfriend. In, getting the a girlfriend. Of, in the era, in the area, in the, oh God. There we go. I needed a month Who's the area in the era where everything's about equality and Me Too and stuff, 
I'm surprised. I've never seen an episode of Love Island. So this is purely just based on my assumptions about it. Mm. But in this era where, you know, everybody's equal and there's Me Too going on and women can be women in their own right. I don't understand why a show about boys, you know, coupling it's, up with girls. It's blind date on steroids. Yeah, but it's, why does it still appeal? That, it's because it's very stereotypical, concept. isn't it? And I think yeah, there's... Yeah, there's been a big story this year as well. I, you know, I haven't watched an episode, but there's been a lot of people at work who've watched it. Um, mm-hmm. That there's one girl who, like, she was the favourite to win, and she decided the the guy she was paired up with was quite not derogatory towards her, but didn't feel he was treating her right, and decided yeah. to leave the show. Oh, good even, so, so that that was something where you know you're saying about the Me Too actually that was a you know possibly oh, an example of, um, but you know it, this is sort of I I think the first time I felt a little bit old is is the Love Island boom because I, a lot of these people are you know have got the fifty thousand followers on Instagram and and yeah. there's yeah. sort of the TikTok stuff and you know I think this is the stuff that we feel sort of a little bit aged out of i mean yeah. you know you, you talk about luke of having you know every episode of big brother taped and sent yeah. over to the yeah. states for you yeah. to watch and i think that was our sort of version of this and well, no, i didn't think yeah. like big brother was was particularly I, I know it skewed young but i always liked that they had a variation of age groups mm. on there for the it most did part skew, it very much skewed young though it skewed sort yeah. of 20s and, the older and maybe early never 30s really in, though, did you know, they? you'd it, never see a character it, like carol on love island no no <laughs> thank um, god yeah thank goodness but yeah i i think with with Love Island, it, it has sort of revived ITV to an extent because their big thing now is the drama versus reality, and they're very much focused on either it's a crime drama or it's something yeah. like a, a Love Island. And they've got something coming up now with Catherine Ryan, haven't they? Which seems very Love Island esque. Ready to mingle, that's called. Yeah. Why why the... haven't they moved it to ITV One? I don't know, Gary. ITV One. Yeah. I don't <laughs> well, know it's why. Do you not remember oh, one of our podcasts where we did, we made the joke that ITV had dropped one? Yeah, oh, it was I one of my. That, that I one. still listen to that. You know, if I need to pick me up, that the Titanic one, yeah. yeah. Um, that the Titanic jokes. Perhaps, in all seriousness, perhaps the biggest shock in the last ten years is that of the three of us, Gary seen more Love Island. <laughs> It was through gritty though, so it was okay. you know it was literally that or go and there was I didn't nothing know else. Your to mum do. would be watching that. That's what surprised me. It was, well, I was on, and my sister was as well. To oh, be fair, okay. so, although, although my mum, my mum is more a casual viewer more than a. The, oh, the, she the, is uh, actually watching it. I <laughs> love that. I love that. I love that. Okay, so. Um, I think that was an interesting discussion that I didn't think we'd have. <laughs> and, because... the, and that for once, none of us had any notes or anything no. or but I, I, preparation. I, I just think that the way TV here has gone and the, the response by all the channels to sort of replicate the Netflix model is sort of why I have fallen more for the American stuff, which still seems very writer-driven, very showrunner-driven, still very experimental. I mean, I don't know Matt's thoughts on The White Lotus at all, which we'll talk about another time. Well, I won't but, comment. I, I'd, le- I, yeah. I'd left you a message. Um, so you and you're right. You're an right idea. about that. Um, 
Good. That was a very unique. That was a very unique show. It was a very unpredictable show. It's a show that I don't think even HBO thought was going to catch fire the way it did over the summer. And I feel like it's the sort of show that we don't make. We always make ITV always makes crime drama. Channel Four because they know. But I think because at the end of the day, and I know I keep saying this to you, it's it's about making it's about making money, and and they they don't take as many risks because they know if they air the eleventh series of Thera, they're going to get like six million viewers, and and they're going to get you know they know how they can sell these shows to advertisers. Because I know, for example, Stephen's on for the next three Mondays. Then it will probably be the new series of Manhunt with Martin Clunes. Then it'll be something else. I'm not knocking them. I understand why they do it, and I. ITV is American Network Television. Yeah. How many series of CSI, NCIS, Law and Order, Chicago, whatever are there? And yeah. that's what ITV is. Yeah, but I don't feel like it used to be. I think like. Something like Appropriate Adult all those years ago with Dominic West and... Um, and yeah, but that's they still... Can knock out the, that, they I can felt still like that felt the, unique still a crime the, drama. Yeah, though. but it felt, uh, it felt... To me, at the time, in 2011... In 2011 or 2012 when that was 2011, on? 2011, yeah. It felt unique and stu- stood out as a great piece but of But still television. something like Manhunt you enjoyed and that had the same yeah. sort of, you know, stripped back appeal yeah. to it. Yeah. I think, you know... Obviously, that that I think they have diluted it now, and it is a lot of the same sort yeah. of series yeah. that they're, that they're putting out there. And every time they try something a little bit different, say, um, what was the Dawn French thing, Maggie Cole, Maggie Cole, which was a little bit different and didn't really work. You know, they do no. try and do these more sort of comic dramas every so often. Um, which don't tend to do well. And I think, obviously, I think the biggest success they've had, the two, I think Broadchurch, obviously, was something that we covered a lot in the first series, and then uh, subsequently on Forgotten as well, um, which we've really enjoyed. Um, And to some extent, I would say Endeavour now is is kind of losing its appeal to me a little bit. Wow. Unless they decide to do a major decision, because the last few series have been very similar, but they've got an end point with this. Yeah. They've got a fantastic end point where they could move into, you know, you move back into where Morse takes over, but yeah. they haven't yet progressed the series enough to get anywhere near it. They've kind of got also, stuck. And even, I, I'm going to say it, I didn't enjoy the last series of Call the Midwife for the same reason. They're not pushing the story on enough. There's, a lot, there's a lot of pushing in Call the Midwife. Yeah, that's though. all it is. And <laughs> Pushing oh, yeah. in or pushing out, I don't know. But um, yeah. with you got to remember as well soon because Gary didn't like Life on Mars for the seventies element, and that's where Endeavour's heading. So maybe he'll lose him when Morse, you know, gets into the BGs well, and things. We, we already know. I mean, I'm, I I know I probably mentioned it on Twitter, so Luke hasn't seen it. I kind of liked the last series of Marcella. Yeah. Yeah, you're on your own. I didn't see anyone. Talk well, no, about but that. it was. But I think. But I think everybody kind of gave up on it because the first two series were so inconsistent. Bonkers. But actually, I think I think it found its stride, and I really liked it. 
That was weird. That was a, a um a weird schedule because ITV used to play that in double bills on the same night, and then it got moved to like yeah. ten o'clock. It was almost like they lost faith in it as well. It's very strange. Well, I, I, I think the other thing that we've talked about recently as well, Luke, is your sort of ideal that the writer is always king and the showrunner yeah, is always not king. The I, truth. Not and the I don't truth. think that's... I think, you know, if you've got that brand... I think, if I think if you're a Jesse Armstrong in charge of succession, I think HBO do leave you alone for the, mm. for the most part. But and I like, will say that of all the HBO things... Even the stuff I haven't warmed to, like Watchmen or something like that, they're still discussion worthy. They're still important bits well, that, of TV. That to just... me was that to me was fantastic. So, but I I didn't yeah. think you would like what, it. What no. I, I suppose something you'd said to me on Twitter in the DM is, you know, obviously after watching Don't the third, the third. <laughs> oh no, no, just saying how about like, the mole. No, you preferred the third series opposed to, you know, it made you see maybe It's a Sin wasn't as good, you know, in comparison. But yeah. that's the difference between having like a juggernaut like Ryan yeah. Murphy behind you and having yeah. FX, which is, you know, it is a cable channel. So you've got a little bit more freedom, whereas you've got Channel 4. Uh, you know, a, t a channel where you still have to show to advertisers. Yeah. And Russell T. Davis has come out and said, you know, I wanted it to be longer. I wanted to develop these characters. I, I, I saw it as an eight and it was yeah. cut down to a five. You know, at the end of the day... And we were lucky to get a fifth, as it turned out. So, mm. you know... Well, we it, it, and that, that brings us back to something that, that's happened over time is Doctor Who has become less about the Doctor and more about the series runner. Yeah, Whereas this more recent series... After the initial furore of the female doctor died down, people are now more angry at Chris Chibnall for his and direction. Well, they should be. <laughs> Just well, in well, general. But, but like, you know, you know, you know, who wrote Doctor Who in the sixties, seventies, and eighties? Nobody knows. But I think because since it, it came, wasn't, it I think wasn't the focus of it. Since it came back in 05, you know, everyone's yeah. known it's Russell T. I, I think again, it's the as Luke. I think the. Yeah abiding theme of here is is the curtain being lifted and, and when we had Doctor Who come back in 05 um you know they had Doctor Who Confidential which was the behind the scenes and yeah. you know you, they had Russell T Davies commenting on on everything there and then when when Stephen Moffat took over and then when you say Chris Chibnall now you know there's been three distinct showrunners who were all named before they took on Doctor Who and they have all had very distinctive styles of um, yeah. something they've wanted to bring to Doctor Who and obviously you know now we, we are looking to to a new showrunner you know they've announced that, that Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker It's going to have to be a name isn't it? Mm. Well that's it name. like people some people are saying do we need a showrunner I, I, I you know I read an article where Sally Wainwright seems to be one of the front runners at the moment um, for, and I know when I saw her at Edinburgh a few years ago she was saying that she really wanted to front a, a female fronted Robin Hood when they were first sort of touting bringing that back before you know, Jonas Armstrong series that we had. So, um, but you're right, you know, it, it has the showrunner concept and, and, and people knowing more about who's behind your TV has changed even more so perhaps than just us who have written and talk about TV. You know, people know these names, whereas yeah. 10 years ago they, they possibly wouldn't have done. The only other thing that's helped me, because I've discovered a proper affini affiliation Affiliate. What? Affiliation. 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 Come on. I can't speak. 
It's been is months. It, it's either affinity or affiliation. Yeah, it's one of them uh, with yeah. American stuff. And what's helped me with that is they have they've gone strangely over the last ten years. They've gone away from the American model of TV. I know it's a show we don't watch, but Manifest has been revived by Netflix for the final series, and they're calling it an extra long series, and that's 20 episodes. Ten years ago, 20 episodes would have been short. Mm. Deck your home with Blinds.com DIY or let us install Free design consultation Plus free samples and free shipping Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay, then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, and I, 20 episodes would have been a yeah. strike. And uh, I love the fact that something like Pose... And other things I like. The I mean, the White Lotus was six. That would have been unheard of a few years ago. But like yeah, cable, cable shows have always been that sort of length. Yeah. The Wire yeah. and Breaking Bad. I think they were thirteen each time. Um, so and Sopranos. And Sopranos as well. I mean, I think that's the thing is that. The, 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 the non-network shows are less concerned about the fact that they have to churn out 24 episodes and they say, right, my story takes this many episodes and the network That's, goes, yeah. great, we'll finish I think that. The Wire so, were 10, weren't they? I think I thought, so, yeah. I thought but but I think it just shows that, 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 that HBO, FX, all these other channels are less interested in saying, right, we need to have 24 episodes to make money, to sell our advertising. But even your like, This okay. Is Us is only like... That's the biggest hit on American network television. And that's only 13 yeah. episodes now. So it just shows yeah. you that that um, that that's the that's what they've decided the, to do. And it's... I I still say the best stroke, worst thing that ever happened to American television was the writers' strike. Yeah. The best thing, because what it meant was they had to think differently. The worst thing was a number of shows that were really good, such as right. Heroes, never ever recovered from the writers' strike. Yeah, yeah. but it, I. I think it's because I have now finished every single episode of ER. Every Ooh, we'll, have to have a chat, we'll have to have a chat about that. From beginning to end, I adored it. It's one of my favourite shows ever. John Leguizamo working on a chimp was a low point. But the, <laughs> the, the, and the cheese rolling episodes. Yes, that was. there's a couple of low points, but on the whole. But 
I, I I did that because Matt and a few TV critics I follow had been on about it, and I thought, you know what, I, I dismissed it. Now, if a show is 24 episodes, which isn't very very often, I, I just find it completely impenetrable. Like I, I don't even want to start it because it just seems like a, you know, like a impenetrable mm. force that I'm not going to get through. You know, and I did worry, Mayor of Easttown, the show of the year, as far as I'm concerned, only being seven, and it was so densely packed, I did worry, are they going to rush it towards the end? But that, again, used every minute of its screen time to tell the story. No, no, and to tell, please, to, that's, that's top of my list now. Oh, Gary. Gary, Gary, I've Gary. Gary it, of so. London Town. You need to watch that. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's next on the list. I, 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 after I'm not what? Even after Scrubs? Afternoon. <laughs> Scrubs is my comedy go-to over dinner. Okay. It's not. I don't. I don't think. I don't even know if I'll finish it. But it's okay. just one of those things where you know where you want something a little bit different. I think you'll finish um, dinner. I don't think that. <laughs> well, yeah, there's more chance of me finishing dinner than, than scrubs. Yeah. But yeah, I, but that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting dynamical shift. What's happened with American stuff now, using more of the British model, and and cutting things down. I think. The impeachment series, which I can't wait to see, is ten episodes, and that I'm like, yeah, that's good. Ten episodes, night you can tell the story. I don't know if I care about Clive Owen being Bill Clinton, but we'll worry about that when the time comes. I'm looking but, forward to. Is it Beanie Feldstein? Yes, she's as, as Monica Lewinsky. Have you seen any of the trailers at all? Because yeah, I've seen some of the pictures. I don't think I've seen a trailer. Oh, the trailers! Look them up on YouTube. They're wonderful. Um, I just, I just hope that, but, but it just feels like it's, uh, like they're taking more risks, and, and of course a lot of them fail. All of Netflix's Ryan Murphy stuff has been awful, and it turns out that the big Netflix hits like Bridgerton just haven't appealed to me, and they wouldn't whatever channel they were on. They just, no, it just doesn't appeal. Yeah, to me. Luke has a very narrow sort of scope. It can't be a sci-fi costume mm. dramas you struggle with. I have to like the characters. It can't just be action. It can't just be story. I have to believe it happened. There are a few exceptions to that rule, but not many that I could no. reel off for you. Yeah. Like Friday Night Lights is a show I, about I, I football wish you and I do it. the sci fi because I do think it's a genre that is. It is more rich than I and, think you and give you it. And you struggle to go into things with an open mind as well, let's be honest. Thread. <laughs> Since, uh, what are we, 10 years in, since yeah. uh, 2011? <laughs> okay, Mount, right. Mount Pleasant. <laughs> that was one of his first reviews. Yes. Because yeah. I recently went back on, and put the the first three ones on YouTube. So if you want oh, to wow. go back and listen to... quickly, I just wanted to quickly touch on, because it was your first review and the, and the recent news about the X Factor and, and sort of... The, the yeah, down that, that, really. that shows that we're in a different TV landscape, mm. doesn't it? Completely. Because mm. have they officially? I didn't see it, but have they officially yeah, said it's gone? They, what they've said is they're on currently no plans to bring it back. And is that ITV saying it, or is yes. it Simon Cowell? Oh, it's ITV saying. Yeah. It. Okay. We we said a long time ago, probably three years before it finished, it needs a break. It needs yeah. time yeah. away from Luke, your TV. Luke says they need to rest it, is, is yeah. his favourite yeah. phrase. And, yeah. and, it, and it is absolutely right. I don't think now 
given what's going on in the world, is the right time to bring it back. But I could see a time when that could happen. But, and I, I think the thing is that the, those sort of programs, and I know Britain's Got Talent is uh, obviously hasn't been on uh, partly because of the pandemic, um, but those sort of shows feel archaic now. Yeah, you they know, feel of Psy- a different Psy- time. Psycho only knows how to to produce TV in a certain way. If you watch X Factor yeah. and then you watch Britain's Got Talent and you watch the, was it called The Greatest Dancer, which they did for BBC, and they're all very similar, you know, the reaction shots to the judges, the reaction shots to the audience, those little interstitials with the audience commenting on the acts, you know, and it all feels very okay. And you, yeah, and, and certain songs that they play over you know, yeah. failure or, or or bad acts and things Be like fair, that. It's the only time Ch- Leona Lewis Ch- gets played now. It was always Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Yeah. Mm. Or I'm the World's Greatest by R. Kelly, which, they which can't doesn't play that really anymore. work <laughs> anymore. Um, well, it's, but... it's funny, what going back to what you guys said about shows that you can't watch anymore, I mean, music has gone through this already, mm. haven't they? Yeah. You know, in the last 10 years, well, you know, can you listen to certain people's music now, given what separate, you know about them? The artists, yeah, it? it is. But, yeah. but I think if you remember, Luke, it's the, you know, your review of the X Factor came in when they had done their most sort of revolutionary change in that it was the first series that, that Simon Cowell wasn't there. It was it was the one with Gary Barlow and, and Talisa yeah. and, and that lot. And, and, and sort of, you know, it gradually changed every year. And I think people just got tired of it being very samey. Well, they feel there was like less... You, they feel people feel like they know what they're getting there was That's less social media interaction i think the series that they you just come off in 2010 was the big one with one direction and and oh. katie wasel and wagner and people like that and that was that to me was the sort of the, the peak of the, the x factor and i think actually strictly has survived because it, it evolved its format the same year in 2010 and had less dancers and and and, and ditch certain aspects that didn't work and I think that has been revived a little bit through, you know, having um, Bruce Forsyth not be on it. It felt a little bit fresher, how, changing the judging panel every so often. And I think it's just because it's a lot nicer show. And I think the, the, the popularity of the Bake Off, which we mentioned earlier, people have more now gravitated towards programmes where there's this sort of community aspect more. Yeah. Uh, and I think Strictly Come Dancing has that. X Factor was very combative i think even though the voice failed it's still on yeah <laughs> I mean, and gogglebox has on. that to an extent it's, it's also immensely that. popular worldwide uh, yeah. you know so so the fact that the voice exists in the uk is more of a recognition of how mm. the brand has done yeah. rather than the success in this country in my opinion and i think although it didn't really alter the x factor i think that people sort of still saw it as a as a older format and i think the year they did try to change it was that 2017 2018 where they did it as more of this you know everyone's doing original music now and it's a different did set did they play it's not... that over a week or something no was but it was one... less less weeks wasn't it it was yeah. i think it was the one that rack sue won so whatever year that was i want to say it was 2017 i want to say it was there was one particular year. I cut. Was it Lucy? There was a girl called Lucy who sang all her own music. Yeah, Lucy Spraggan. That was twenty twelve. But that definitely felt like mm. she was the. She was a bit ahead of her time. Yeah. She was I mean, like 
she she made them change their view on that kind of act. Well, that was the year, well, you say that, that was the year where they did a lot of their recruitment from YouTube and seeing yes. who these acts yeah. were that had already had a successful, you know, a lot of hits on YouTube and saying, do you want to come along and, and we'll do the, the sort of the very, very manufactured aspects of, of those sort of shows as well, which I think we are now demanding a lot more actual reality and we like to see you know we like to think we are seeing people genuine people succeeding yeah. rather than yeah and i think that's something and that's possibly a positive and i think even with something like love island which may have gone back to that format of maybe being a bit more vindictive i think the seeing some of the social media and seeing some of what people are saying at work is that you're still attracted to characters that you like and and you feel bad for them when you see the the, the producers try and sort of split manipulate them up from things. their partners, manipulate things. And I think we have become more savvy, and I think that's something we're saying about new and these showrunners. We've become more savvy to the fact than possibly like you know in two thousand and four, we weren't as aware of the fact that these weren't the the first auditions that we were being shown. Yeah. That there was auditions yeah. going on. Prior to that, yeah. and again, this is the curtain being lifted and us being more savvy and there, you know, there being more access now through, like, Twitter wasn't a thing. You know, Twitter, I got on Twitter in 2009, social media being a massive contributing aspect to that. There's always someone telling you what's going on behind the scenes now, whereas before there might not have been. And that, and that was some of the thing that I think put pay to the X Factor. And I think Britain's Got Talent may go... A similar way in shows like that and 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 it's hard now seeing what they are looking for for their new saturday night vehicles i mean like who wants to be a millionaire's now back on saturday nights after years uh, away and 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 like the game shows that they're but, they're but promoting then, now. then we come back to something you've always said does it matter that saturday night is saturday night or wednesday is wednesday because people mm. aren't what so you because my mum always says on a Saturday, is there anything on TV? I always say no. And she says, my God, it's Saturday night. There's nothing on. But I think those people are the minority. Do you or not? I have no idea because I live in this bubble where TV is really important. But I don't know whether people well, really I mean, care I about... Well, I mean, I suppose we've still got Strictly Come Dancing, which is a massive hit. But other than that, but the, the things that are on Saturday night, certainly on BBC and ITV... Are the things that I, I don't know actually are they the things that still are would have been on because like obviously you know we get pointless celebrities comes around quite a lot the hit list seems to be a big thing on Saturday nights the now wheel. the wheel and these are all celebrity focus still nobody puts, nobody outside of maybe Doctor Who has but uh, no channel has decided to put a drama show on a Saturday night and when they have it hasn't but from Casualty of course. Which but, has always but, been well, on yeah, Saturday. But is, that, is that a soap or a drama? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you could... The only, the only market I think Saturday night matters to, because when I was growing up, it was a family time. You know, Noel's house party was on and Jonathan Creek after that. Saturday night takeaway is still on. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. But, but using your friend who you went to see recently, who's got a young son, mm. are they just not watching anything on TV, on television at uh, well, they were like, saying like they they don't watch anything. I suppose that's at on the at the time. No, yeah. I mean, for example, this is an interesting thing because you were saying, you know, we we recently watched, you know, Court Baptiste and 
have gone back to series one and they had no idea that that was a spin-off of the missing oh the people i hate these people <laughs> i've got a seven year old i've got an eight-year-old nephew now it's his birthday oh this my week. god i know that is mad. he watches he only watches youtube but is that because why is that it, Gary? because it's just immediately it's, accessible it's a, he's a little bit younger than than a television demographic so most of his examples of television have been kids' TV shows. So, you know, because they've got Sky, they run a show like CBeebies yeah. or now CBBC. But whenever he picks up the remote, he goes straight to YouTube and yeah, he watches clips. My friend's son's very similar in that. You know, he likes a lot of the misheard lyrics and things like that. Yeah. I don't know and, how you get but, over that as a as a broadcaster. But they, they, they yeah, I, and I think that's the thing now. You know, how many of them are going to these, you know, these reactions of of like video yeah. games and things? They're very big with the youngsters, aren't they? And that is the new generation. I mean, as I say, but my my friend's son is eleven. He's watching. I was saying to Luke. Uh, before we started, um, he's he's going. They're going through Superstore at the moment on Netflix. Um, he's also, you know, he's also watching the Marvel stuff on Disney Plus and the Star Wars stuff. Um, and um, yeah, and he'll watch a lot of YouTube. So um, my thing I'm... is, when these people get to their twenties, mm. they won't have a a relationship with TV as TV, will they? They'll have a relationship no. with brands. Funnily enough, one of the few things that he likes to watch, he watches the Deadly 60 programme with um, is it Steve Bakshul. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there is an interest in some of the stuff, but it, it's very limited to a certain t- type of thing. And, you know, if you go onto YouTube, if you look at the, the most popular videos, some of them are clips from other television programmes or people reacting to people watching other television programmes other than actually watching them. It's the goggle goggle theory. So weird. I mean, it's going to take people like like you, Gary, later when he's in his teens to say, have you seen the West Wing? Have you seen the X-Files? And sort of do what your uncle did all those years ago. Yeah, I I will be doing that, but I'll have to think differently about what I introduce him to first, because I think if I go in with the West Wing, he won't want to sit down and watch anything for 45 minutes. That will seem like a forever. Oh, my God, So. Yeah, that that's the thing. That I have a question to end on. If we we kind of think because yeah, we've talked a lot about how television has changed in the last ten years, and I'll, I'll go first to give you time to think. Is what do you think will happen in the next ten? And for me, I think we will lose one of our main five channels in the next ten years. I think I don't know which one it will be, but I think in the next five years. We will lose one of the five what we call stable terrestrial channels, even though none mm. of them are terrestrial. Digital yeah. switchover, yeah. because I don't think the current model will be sustainable financially. And whether that is the BBC having to go private because of the government funding, whether it's Channel Four losing Channel some of its kind of, a, or whether it's Channel Five no longer being able to be commercially viable because you know nobody likes Jane McDonald and Hitler. My mum loves Channel Five. She loves all yeah, that. She loves, Jane, she loves Jane McDonald. She loves Bargain Loving Brits in the Sun. She loves Can't Pay We Take It Away. So I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't think necessarily it will be Channel 5, but I just believe in the next five years, in the next 10 the years. The only thing we, I can think of is if they sort of amalgamate BBC One and Two. I can't see, I, I can't. I, 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 I know what I would like to happen in the next 10 years. 
because on, we're, we're already seeing yeah. happening. What we're already seeing happening is, in the old days, um, you, if you had Sky, you used to have to have Sky movies and this and that and all mm. the bundles. Now what we're getting is because every network has got its own streaming service, people are paying more for what they used to have originally. So if Luke's going to say everyone's going to go back to having physical media and DVDs. No, no, no <laughs> I, I would like that to happen. That's a personal thing. I, like no. I, I think I like that I think some. I think it's already happened a little bit over in the states with HBO Max, and I think um, that Netflix will buy out either, or Apple or Netflix will buy each other out because at some point there needs to be fewer streaming services and one big one that has enough. Because at the moment you're paying for, you said, uh, Gary, you're paying for Disney Plus, yeah. Netflix and Amazon, yeah. Netflix and Amazon, and you want Apple, you want Apple TV, so that's going to be that on top. Are you you Sky as well? I am Sky, but I'm on a fairly limited package now. Sky as well, yeah. Sky, but but I would say that when I when I go for Apple TV, I will drop one of the others. In fact, I only use I only have Amazon because I I like Amazon Prime, the service. Well, that's what I think. A lot of people are in that boat. Yeah, they don't. Have Amazon for the but TV, I, but I, 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 while I like while I sign up for Apple yeah. TV, but, but yeah. I, I mean, my friend who I was with, where, I the same. I was just going to say she had Netflix, Amazon, Disney Plus, Sky. Yeah, it's going to get to the point where people don't. People probably at, at this stage don't realise how much they're paying and how often they're using it. It's just going out like a direct yeah. debit, and they don't realise it. At some well, point well, in the next I, ten years, I, I, there will be that, one giant like, streaming services. On, on top giant. of that, oh, Gary, you keep trying to say something there. Well, I was going to say, on top of that, you have a TV license. Mm. Yeah, which you have to have. I, I think the, the one thing that I would counter your your um, theory with Gary is the fact, and again, this was one of our our, our big things that we talked about during the run of the podcast was the fact that BBC Three is going back to being a linear channel yeah. again. Strange. And so, the, only, the only other thing I would say is, does Sky lose its appeal for you, Gary, and for me in a couple of years when the HBO stuff runs out, the deal with HBO runs out, and then they can't renew it? because they because I still think... I, I, I think the sports package alone keeps me with Sky. And, I don't think I get it just for the drama. The drama's good. But I think if 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 HBO launched their own streaming service, you'd also have to pay for. Well, yeah. Well, well that's and, yeah. and you, you, I think I think Luke's probably hit probably more realistic than mine. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. And and things like Sky One is no longer going to be a thing now, is it? It's well, going to change. It's going to be Sky Max, which sounds very similar to HBO Max. Oh. It makes me wonder. So why is they... the theory? Sorry, I I wasn't aware of the HBO thing with Sky. Are there, mm. Is the theory at the moment that they will be launching in their own HBO Max in the UK? The theory oh. is that HBO will because they they yeah deal that's what I mean Sky. that's what I mean sorry HBO yeah will. the the yeah. deal runs out with Sky HBO has a deal with Sky where they yeah, get everything I knew that. and in the next three years that runs out and I mm-hmm. don't think that HBO they, will they, be in a hurry to renew re, it re, re, re up with another channel maybe and I I read. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, HBO are probably thinking we could, we, however much money Sky are giving us, we could make more on our own. So I mean, if I, 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 I 
If that was in the States, HBO Max would be the streamer I'd be most excited about because it's mm. got so much great library content and all the South Park's on it and all of HBO stuff and all of there's tons of stuff on there and they get films and everything. So if they could launch, they would be a real rival to now uh, because now doesn't have wouldn't have a great deal of library content. Anyway, I have to go because my lunch has arrived. There's a bit of insight for you. Thanks so much for joining us. The podcast. Gary, are you singing something? Please don't. Um, (laughs) Here's to the next 10 years of television and TV. And we'll be here with you occasionally to walk you through it. I'm away next week on a bit of a trip. And then we'll try and get back into the normal rhythm of the podcast, whatever the devil that used to be. Thanks so much for your patience. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Gary for joining us. Cheers, Gary. Go and have a shower, Gary. Enjoy, enjoy yourself. And thank you to Matt. As oh always. no, sorry, it wasn't. It wasn't the shopping. I do apologise. It was someone okay. else. Okay. Sorry, sorry, I missed the last thirty seconds. But we uh, just said that bye. we were just thanking you. Oh, were you? Oh, okay, thank you. Thank you guys for for indulging no, me. Well, and thank you to Matt as well for the last ele- nine years. And we'll do it properly when you're back on. And we'll do it properly soon. Take Keeping care. Up. Bye-bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Deck your home with blinds.com DIY or let us install Free design consultation Free samples and free shipping. Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high quality window treatments with no showroom mockups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off, plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.